Okay, I think we're good. Take eight to start this podcast. First one was in my room. Acoustics were shit. Then my computer died. But now we're rolling. But like I was saying before, you didn't hear it, but I was saying it. Guys are getting on me. Thought you were recording. Thought you were recording Tuesday. Thought you're dropping it on Wednesday. Why aren't you recording? I thought you, like you said, you're a, you're a hardworking podcaster. Shut the fuck up. I am a hardworking podcaster. All right. I got shit to do. All right. We all got shit to do. It's 2021. We're in the middle of a pandemic still. If you didn't know, COVID nineteen. People have shit to do. Okay. We got busy lives. Anyway, got a good episode for you this week. Okay. I'm gonna talk about. The, the flying experience and just how fucking terrible it is. Like flying, like not flying like Superman, but like like flying across the country on like a plane. Um, I got the best and worst five beers of all time, okay? And um, I was going to maybe talk about some other hockey stuff, but, uh, but I, I guess I'm going to talk about the, the Kyle Beach situation at the end. And I don't have, really have anything written down for that yet. But, uh, but it's going to be candid and it's going to be, you know, it's going to make sense. Like I promised you from fucking day one, it's, it's going to be a non-biased angle at just my thoughts on the whole situation. So if you want to listen to those, listen to the end of the episode. But first of all, yeah, over the weekend, we had a, a flight, uh, a flight trip to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. And I just forgot how shitty flying was. I have never, ever been a big fan of the whole fiasco of going to the airport, hopping in that metal tube and flying through the air at a million miles an hour in the first place. But I just forgot how shitty the whole entire experience is. First of all, you get to the airport way too early all the time because you're scared of air quotes, missing your flight when you're never going to miss your flight. You can just show up whenever you want to. But like just the first thing, like we get there and the guy at the security gate, just the biggest hardo with the most condescending tone in the world saying repeatedly, there are three lines, move down, move down, people. You don't have to cram in the one line. There's two other lines past the one line. Keep on moving, people. There's two more lines. There's three lines. There's three lines. Like, shut the fuck up, buddy. We get it. Everyone gets it. They heard you the first time. You do not have to sit there like... You're about to put a gun in your mouth and pull the trigger but and talk down to everybody like this. And then the next guy in security, make sure you get your bags in the x-ray before you go on the line. Empty your pockets. Take your shoes off. Take your belt off. Take your computer out. Any large electronics. No uh, big liquids. Like we fucking know. Okay? We know. And if you don't know how to go through an airport... Just don't fly. You should have to take an airport test or some airport etiquette test before you're allowed to step in an airport. Vaccine passport? Nah, don't worry about that. Let's get a freaking fucking idiot passport first before you can get in the, in the airport. Because then guess what? All that unnecessary verbiage that really at the end of the day just pisses everybody off is eliminated in the first place. Second of all, the lavatory. Why is it even called a lavatory? There's not even any lava in the Tory, okay? I'm 6'1 on a good day. Like, if I go on one of those ergonomic things and hang from my feet for like 15 minutes until the blood goes to my head and I'm about to pass out, I'm 6'1, okay? And I think that's the maximum height for a human to be able to actually take a piss in the lavatory. Like, it's a carnival ride. You must be under this height or you don't want to be leaking your spinal fluid all over the fucking Tory without lava in it just to take a piss. 
like you know those chinese tor- torture rings you hear of when you're a kid where like you lay on a plank of wood and they just drop like little drops of water on your head for hours and supposedly it makes you go crazy they could make one where they just make you stand up in an airplane washroom with your spine looking like a cursive g the entire time smelling that weird blue shit that goes everywhere when you press the flush button is that blue shit the lava the little sounds that either come out of nowhere what am i talking about oh on top of the shitty flying this so now we're on the flight okay um the the little sounds that either come out of nowhere or randomly stop in the middle of the flight like or like out of out of the ordinary like something bad is happening get me every single time like the engines will be going hard and and we're just floating through the middle of the air and then all of a sudden like that sound just totally goes away and I'm looking around like fuck did the engines just go out or like you're taking off and then all of a sudden it's like and I'm like what is going on and then it's like the fucking legs are going in can we just eliminate those sounds altogether? Like we got, we got noise canceling um, technology in headphones these days. Let's just put them in airplanes and keep everybody else's fucking um, fears at bay. And then did I mention I hate turbulence? That is the worst part about it all. Like nothing worse than when you're sitting on the tarmac. Oh my God. Never mind. There is something worse than what I was about to say. The worst thing about flying is physically sitting on the tarmac and not moving. We were fucking sitting on the tarmac in Denver for over an hour. And the pilot walks up to the front of the plane, gets on the fucking loudspeaker and goes, uh, sorry for the delay folks. Uh, everything is fine. Um, we're just working out some paperwork with the airline. And I was sitting in the third row like, what are you talking about? I do not give a fuck about the paperwork. Let's just get this bird in the air. In the air, Okay. And I hate when they say everything's fine. Because usually when they say everything's fine, that is a pretty clear indication that everything is definitely not even close to fine. And then after that, the flight attendant has the audacity after we're just sitting on the tarmac and have been for the last 45 minutes. This was like at the 50 minute mark that we were still sitting for another 10 minutes. This flight attendant gets up there on the, on the megaphone with the audacity to go, everyone, uh, it is federal law to make sure that your devices are on airplane mode because they interview with the communication between the pilot and ground control. Like, give me a break. Yeah, right. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that my fucking iPhone SE second generation, not a big deal, is interfering with the communication from the plane and ground control? Yeah, right. If that was the case, they would just not even allow you to bring your phone on the airplane to begin with. Okay. And I've tried it out. I hate flying. And guess what? I never turn my airplane. I never turn my phone on airplane mode anymore because fuck them. I'm defiance. I'm, I am defiance. I'm the definition of defiance. I don't do that shit. And guess what? Plane's never gone down for me yet. I don't, I haven't heard the fucking pilot come back and talk to me and say, Hey buddy, your phone's interfering with me in, in ground control. Okay. 
Nobody turns their phone on airplane mode, especially before you take it off. And if you do, you're just a square. Okay. And what else do we got about flying here? Oh, the food they give you so tasty. And I was very proud of myself because I've recently just learned that like sugar and like your digestion, digestion and, and your body just doesn't really work on an airplane. It, it kind of just shuts off because the oxygen level in the air is way lower than what we're used to just sitting in our houses or being outside because you're up in the air in a metal tube, um, fucking flinging yourself through the air. So you can't digest stuff. Your body doesn't, you know, it just doesn't work. So I usually love the Stroop waffles or the biscotti cookies. And I usually love to grab a coffee. And then there is nothing better than a nice ginger ale on ice on a fucking airplane. Yeah, I'll have a ginger ale on ice, please. They give you the can sometimes too. That's a fucking treat. But I passed because the oxygen is low. You're hurling through the air at 300 miles per hour. Your body just can't process things in that environment, let alone digest um, simple carbohydrates and fake sugar. Okay. I completely passed. And I think that's a good milestone for me diet wise. And it was just great self-control for me right there. Not going to lie. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, yeah. What are we doing with these regional jets that we're taking everywhere? Right. I look up at the front of these old ass fucking things. It looks like the dash of a 1999 Ford Explorer. Like, can we get a facelift? Like, how are we still using that technology? Like, are airplane, are airlines that shitty? Speaking of airlines, they are that shitty. They're all terrible. I love when the flight attendant or the captain goes up there. Thank you uh, to our medallion members and all those of you that chose to... Um, partake in your journey with us today. It's like, listen, I didn't have much of an option. Okay. I got spirit airlines. They're basically making you stand up on the flights these days, checking bags for fucking $300. Yeah. Look at my $30 ticket. Oh, you want to check a bag? Boom. 400 bucks. Then you got United who guarantees pretty much that they're going to cancel at least one of your flights. Excuse me. Every time got Chipotle coming up every time, uh, every time you book one, and then you got Delta, which I don't even know what the fuck these airlines are doing or how they're running their business. But I think customer satisfaction in the airline sector industry or whatever the fuck you want to call it has to be at the lowest of the lows of all the service industries in the entire world. Because I have never had one positive experience flying and I can't. Imagine like, unless you're paying $2 billion to get one of those sick ass fucking planes where you get your own cubby and a fucking reclining chair and, you know, free drinks, then that might be some sick shit. But did I mention turbulence sucks? God. And you know what pisses me off too is when like you look it up online, you read articles about pilots that like laugh at people who think that turbulence is scary. It's like no shit, buddy. Turbulence is scary. Okay. If the danger scale from zero being most safe to 10 being most dangerous and no turbulence at all being at a zero, then any amount of turbulence just moves the scale from zero further to 10. Like no turbulence, just a smooth plane ride is the safest possible it can get, right? 
once you get turbulence, it goes to like two, three, four. Bad turbulence is like six, seven, right? So obviously it's scary, okay, pilots? Just because you fly nonstop doesn't mean you can laugh at me, okay? I'm triggered by that. You can't, you cannot laugh. That, <laughs> I just, you can't make fun of me because I think that turbulence scares me, okay? That's my own opinion, okay? I'm triggered by that, okay? That's what some people sound like, which is the funny thing about, about obviously a little bit more serious stuff. But that's what some of you people sound like, you little fucking whiny bitches. Okay, that's totally off topic. We're going to move on. So that's basically my flying experience. All the all the nitpicking I could have done. Um, but yeah, why is turbulence so dust like that? Why is it so bumpy? Am I about to die? Please tell me. Anyway. We're moving on. The best five beers of all time. Now, I'm going to shout out my boy, Jade Miller. Last time I did a top five, best, whatever. I went from one to five and he said, dude, what are you doing? You got to go five to one. So people, you know, build up the, uh, the what? you know what? I'm a fucking idiot today. I don't care. You build up the tension, you know? Okay. So we're going to start at five. Okay. The number five best beer of all time. And this is kind of a shared one, but Bud Light Lime in a bottle. Maybe Bud Light Orange, but Bud Light Lime in a bottle. Those things hit nice on a nice summer day. Maybe like last time I had one, I was driving all day. I got to my buddy's cabin. He just had a nice cold BLL there waiting for me. And I was like, fuck yes. They hit the spot. Okay, that's number five. Number four. I don't know if many of you have had these. I mean, I'm assuming... In the Midwest, they're pretty big, but Kona, big waves. Kona, big waves. Island style lager, I think it says. I don't even know how to describe it, um, but they are absolutely elite and great flavor. And you can also slug about 25 of them straight if you want to. That's number four, Kona, big wave. Third best beer of all time. This is for my Canadian friends out there. They don't have it down here in the United States. So sorry, people. I'm sorry you cannot taste this amazing beer. But Rickards Red. Obviously a red ale by Rickards Brewing. Rickards is gas. And here's a little anecdote. When I was like 12 years old, right when, you know, Sasky people start getting into the drinking, you know, like when you're younger, you just kind of ask your parents. This, this is just like pretty much culture, like a rite of passage. Hey, dad, can I have a sip of your beer? And then your dad gives you a sip of your beer and it tastes like shit, right? So my dad would get these Rickards sampler packs. It was like Rickards Brown, Rickards Red, Rickards Blondale, whatever. And the Rickards Red, he, I was like, let me try that one, daddy. And I take a sip. I was like, ooh, I kind of liked it. And ever since then, Red Ales, Amber Ales, they've been my fucking, they've been the shit. So Rickards Red, number three, all time, best beer. And this is, these are all just like normal beers, right? There's, there's craft beers and like brewery beers that were made that, you know, that's a totally different list. You can't be saying, oh, what about this? What about that? Like all these craft, crazy tasting beers that like get off me. All right. Number two, best beer, Corona extra. None of that light shit. The Corona light is trash. If you drink Corona light, there's a hundred percent chance you are a pussy. Um, need a lime in it too. Corona, you need a lime, but you know, one guy was telling me that they're not supposed to have a lime and said that the only reason that 
the Mexican people started drinking their cerveza beers with limes was to keep all the flies away. And I said, wow, that's pretty good. Um, coincidentally, it also makes it taste fucking good as shit. Shit's not that good tasting. Never had it before, but I can't imagine it is good tasting. But Corona is dialed. That's why I have it as the second best beer of all time. The number one best beer of all time. If you're not from the South, you don't know what I'm talking about. So hopefully some people have traveled to the South. They know what I'm talking about. My good friend, Harrison Harper, who has his own podcast as well, called The the Podject, P-O-D-J-E-C-T. He's a pretty fucking funny guy. Probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. So if you're trying to listen to a podcast, that is hilarious. Um, On top of this one, like just a nice short one, um, The Podject by Harrison Harper. Ha 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 hopsy boy, as he would uh, describe himself. Um, Go right ahead and listen to that one. But yes, Yingling Traditional Lager. He showed me those beers down in Birmingham last year. Uh, It's like, they're like amber ales too, but they're light and fuck. Are they just absolutely refreshing as shit? Okay. I don't know why I keep on saying that euphemism or I don't know what that even word is. You know, my brain's not working today. Went to bed at four in the morning last night. We got back from a road trip real late. So um, I'm not firing in all cylinders right now, but that's the top five beers. Youngling Traditional Lager, number one. Corona, number two. Rickards Red, number three. Kona Big Wave, number four. Bud Light Lime, maybe Bud Light Orange, number five, okay? And the worst beer of all time, Miller High Life. The champagne of beers, they call it. Miller High Life. The worst beer of all time. Tastes like rainwater. Shitty rainwater. And as I'm saying that, there really is no such thing as a bad beer. And for those people that are offered like a Kokanee or a Coors Light and they go, ew, I don't like those. And then they go the next day and buy a 30 rack of Bud Light are the worst type of people. Okay. Scums of the earth. They all taste the same. All those light beers, they taste the same, you idiots, okay? If I poured you a Miller Light, a Coors Light, a Bud Light, and the most Canadian in four plastic cups and blindfolded you and you did a taste test, you would not be able to tell a difference or pick out which one is which, you pretentious loser, okay? Get off your high horse. You can give me a nice, cold, natural light or a Keystone Light or whatever light or whatever beer you want to give me for free, I might add. And I would enjoy it just as much as any of the other light beers. And I also just love destroying IPAs till I can't see. Those things taste elite. And then don't forget about the dark beers either, okay? Really nail in the coffin here. Beer is amazing. Now, what you've all been waiting for, we're at 19 minutes. This is gonna go over the 20 minutes. I've been babbling on a little bit here, but that's okay. I'm a little overtired. I'm a little over energetic. We're just playing some basketball with the boys. Got a sauna in, got some cold tub in today. Um, energy feedback loop is is looping. Okay. But Kyle Beach, he just came out uh, last night or two nights ago about he's the John Doe about the whole uh, video coach sexual assault allegations with the Chicago Blackhawks, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So. A lot to unpack here. Obviously, the first thing I'm going to have to say, and I'm not just going to have to say it, I actually mean it, is what happened to him is completely fucked up and completely unacceptable. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, having a young guy having to go through that. 
Obviously, his back was against the wall, and you just fucking hate to see it. Um, you hate to see it. One second. Be right back. I totally forgot that I have a passage out of my book called Courage is Calling to relate to this situation. But anyway, like I said, that fucking sucks for that guy. Um, we've been talking with my teammates. I've been talking with my friends about like, you know, what we would do if we were faced with that situation, right? Like, like, fuck, I don't really want to go into details on this podcast about like what, what was actually going on. But like, he was forced to do some shit that, that he just didn't want to do. It was very obvious that, that that's not what we want. Right. And I've come to the conclusion that if you're ever put in that situation, your only course of action is to fucking freak out, freak out because, because you got to fucking do something, right? You got to do something. So yeah, tough subject to, t- to talk about here, but I was thinking, and a lot of my teammates were thinking, and this is tough to do in the moment, but if someone is forcing someone to do some type of weird sex shit with me, I'm fucking bashing that kid's face in or that guy's face in. And, and I'm not trying to come off as insensitive here. I'm just saying what I think I would do. And I don't want that to happen to any of my friends or anyone I care about. So I think that is my advice to people out there who might have to go through the same situation because God forbid it happens again. And in this book, there's a couple good passages here. Um, Courage is calling. Um, Here's a quote I highlighted. Violence is rarely the answer, but when it is, it's the only answer, right? Goes on to say, Sometimes physical courage is required to protect moral courage. There will be moments when we're at risk or someone we love is at risk. Kind words will not cut it. Poise will not protect us. What will be called for is intensity, aggression, and a demonstration of force. In these moments, we cannot shy away. We cannot shrink. We cannot be bullied. We cannot do nothing. In those moments, we'll have to hit back. We'll have to hit hard. We must raise our fists. We must make our stand lest we end up on our knees. No pun intended. Um, yeah, you don't want that to have to, that to happen to anyone, but if it does, if anyone is in that situation, you got to fucking stand up for yourself. I'm not saying that he was in the wrong for not doing it. It's a split second decision and him doing what he did is very, very, very courageous in the first place coming out, um, causing a stir, trying to make it so, so that doesn't happen again with that guy. And, you know, um, people come out safe on the other side. And, and now that we got that off our chest, I'll just go into like the pragmatic, like real world implications here. Um, People are saying for Quenville to be fired for Stan Bowman to be fired. They want to take the cup off the resume. They want to vindicate all these people, but listen, it's the fucking NHL. Okay. It's a professional sports team. They are, are going to do everything in their power to win a Stanley Cup 10 times out of 10 without hesitation, okay? You take any GM in the league and you put them in the exact same spot, any coach in the league, 
any leadership group in the league, you put them in that exact same spot right before they're about to possibly win a Stanley Cup, they all do the exact same thing. They bury that story and they win the cup because that's what matters. That's why they're playing in the NHL. There's hundreds of millions of dollars being just thrown around. Okay, the salary cap's going up. They're signing this guy. They're trading this guy for millions of dollars. They're fucking, they're getting their top pair set for millions of dollars. They're getting their best players signed for millions of dollars. All for what? Not, not to just, oh, look at me. Fucking, it's to win a Stanley Cup. Okay, that's what pro sports are. Billion dollar industries. The NFL, NBA, not so much with NHL that big, but they are built to win because winning makes you money and that's what the owners ran it for, okay? And that's just how it is. That's fucking real life, okay? So I'm, I, would, I would be stunned if anything changed because that's how it is. You see it in the NFL, team signing Kareem Hunt. When Cleveland signed Kareem Hunt after he had that domestic abuse, everyone's saying, oh my God, why would Cleveland sign such a shitty guy like, He's obviously had a history because they are trying to win a Super Bowl and they don't give a fuck, okay? Tampa Bay Buccaneers signing Antonio Brown after all those allegations. Oh, everyone's saying the same thing. Oh my God, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Like, look at his record. Like, he's such a bad guy. They do not care. It's a billion-dollar industry. They are a fucking billion-dollar franchise. They are going to do what they want to win a Super Bowl because that's what matters. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what matters. Look at Deshaun Watson. Guy's got 23 sexual assault fucking allegations. I don't know how, you know, legit those are innocent until proven guilty, but it doesn't look good. And guess what? He's on the trading block. You got teams showing interest in him. You want to know why? Because they want to win a Super Bowl and they do not give a fuck about the allegations. Okay. So uh, I saw a tweet from this Greg Wisniewski guy and everything that happened to Kyle Beach sucks. His um, offender, that guy's obviously, you know, he should, he should, nothing good should happen to him in, in, in the future. That sounded terrible. What happened? I'm not denying that, okay? But this guy, his tweet, take the son of a bitch's name off the Stanley Cup tonight. I don't care if you have to melt it down and start over again. Okay, buddy. Let's pump the brakes there, okay? Take his name off the Stanley Cup, but we get it, okay? And then another person goes, not only Stanley Cup, but this should kill any Hall of Fame talks for Caves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, etc. What are we talking about, people? See, this is where we cross the line, okay? Let's vindicate the guy who did it, okay? That's bad. But these fucking people who are now coming for everyone else's heads that may or may not have known about what happened is pure lunacy, okay? And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. It's pure lunacy and it shouldn't happen. The whole situation, fucking terrible. I've said it a million times. I do not condone it. I do not think it's right. There's no spin zone it into a way where it makes Kyle Beach look weak. He is super duper courageous and strong for coming out and creating a ripple and creating, giving himself a voice and putting the power in his hands, like he said, after he felt powerless for so long over these years. But there's no reason why we need to start going 
going for people's heads. Okay. Nobody wanted this to happen. Nobody thought it was okay. Even when it was happening, they were just doing what anybody else would do in the situation at hand, which is win the Stanley cup. And I'm sorry if you disagree with me, but that's how it is. Winning the Stanley cup is more important than that. That's how real life works. Okay. What did Chicago have to pay? $2 million. I bet they made way fucking more than that when they won the cup. Okay. So I don't know how I'm going to end this now. We're fucking a little longer than normal, but I just wanted to make sure that nobody could twist anything I was trying to say. Um, and yeah, pretty hard hitter there these last 10 minutes, but I feel like I had to address it. And much like the Simone Biles thing, and much like a few other of the touchy subjects I've addressed, I've done it in a normal, you know, let's just talk it out way. Um, I'm, I'm staying impartial. Obviously, I'm on the side of Kyle Beach. I feel for that guy. That sucks. I've said that about 15 times, okay? But all this shit about trying to, trying to, saying people shouldn't be able in the Hall of Fame, you know, saying they shouldn't be able to play for the Blackhawks anymore, trying to get them suspended. Fuck off. I'll leave it at that. Bye.